Hello, I haven't got a podcast yet, but if I do, I'm going to call it Famous with a Baby. It's called Famous with a Baby because that's where I'm meant to be at, right? My first show was What Beyonce Do. Am I right, ladies? Then I was meant to be famous with a baby, but then, you know, shit went down. And it went to politics with bitches. And then God as a Woman came out, which is also beautiful. And then somebody once said to me, what you should call your next show is rather than Famous with a Baby is Anonymous and Barren. But basically, it's Famous with a Baby and other shit that hasn't quite worked out yet, my friends. Yet. All right, intro, innit, B? Oh, but so would you like to say anything to the podcast? Very good point, Bernie. Welcome to today's episode. Do, 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 musical interlude. Hello. This wasn't going to be an episode. I didn't think that I would be talking about um, anything like this on this podcast, but actually I haven't even created the podcast yet, so I could talk about whatever I like. Welcome to my living room. This is the best setup I could get today. I'm Louise Romland. I'm a comedian. I have been since I was 19 years old. I'm 41 now. Hi, babe. And I wanted to talk uh, about the Dispatches programme that came out yesterday, that aired in the UK yesterday um, on Channel 4, which um, Kate, which four victims came forward and they've accused Russell Brand of rape, sexual assault um, and abuse. And it's a horrible watch to watch that documentary. And there are four victims that were on there that have come forward and talked about an abuse during a period of time. Now, Russell Brand has been a comedian that's been very well recognised and celebrated in the UK for well over a decade. Uh, This was a guy who was the face of uh, many TV shows and many radio stations, who was... Um, enabled and empowered and loved by many, 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 many people. And something that he has never shied away from is his sexual escapades and how he loves sex. He's a Lothario. He's presented himself as this, you know, cheeky, chappy Lothario, Victorian-looking, long hair, hats, crazy outfits, skinny jeans, um, caricature that you'd see lots of male um, comics imitate for many many years you saw in the clubs many many male comics imitated this kind of caricature look i want to talk a little bit more on that later i'm watching the dispatches show yesterday as a female comic that's been doing this game for a long time um something that i have found personally frustrating in this industry is the inherent sexism and misogyny that exists uh it doesn't matter how good you are as a woman it doesn't matter how good you are you always, always, always have to be excellent and be so careful about your reputation. Uh, A negative reputation for a woman in in comedy or in any industry can really affect um, how much you work, how much you earn, uh, how much you do. It doesn't matter how good you are. People have decided they don't want to let you in, you don't get in. And yet for men, men have liberally (laughs) taken advantage of the patriarchal kind of setup that we have where men are naturally just more celebrated in the entertainment industry especially when it comes to comedy and Russell Brand was uh, or is a comedian that was known for his sexual antics that was celebrated that was booked for those sexual antics and the fact that now it's coming out as a tv show and we're exposing it a it's about time where people being But B, secondly, it speaks more to the systemic problem that we have within our industries where women are not taken seriously. We are constantly put down and ignored and obscured and where this kind of behaviour has run riot for a very, very long time. This kind of male privilege that exists 
with within within certain class systems. I think one of the things that's enabled him as well is he's very well spoken, very eloquent. You know, can speak very lardy da, but very accessible, very yeah, every man. And some of the accusations that come forward, and I hesitate to use that word um, allegedly uh, because I feel like it undermines what we're talking about. It's harrowing to listen to. There was a, there was a case of a sixteen year old girl that he had sex with and was excited by the fact that she was a virgin when she met him. It's really horrible to listen to. It's really horrible to listen to. It's really gross to listen to. I also don't know what's going to happen off the back of this TV show. Like, I don't know if there's going to be any accountability. Um, he played to a sold-out show yesterday. He played to a sold-out show yesterday, so I don't know how it's going to affect him. Um, but a few things that I found um, worth discussing and talking about... Um, one of them being, they played clips in the TV show that showed Russell talking about his sexual antics. And they used that almost to uh, support what they're saying about how he was a sexual predator. And none of those clips that they showed were personal home videos. Every one of those clips were from major TV channels at the time. It was there. That's why they call it like in plain sight. It was there on national television, on primetime TV, where he's taking his trousers off, where he's gyrating up next to women, where he's rubbing women's arms, where he's all over them. And this stuff was celebrated. And this is not just in isolation of one person behaving like this and everybody else saying, oh, it's bad, but, you know, we can't say anything. He would have been enabled by teams of people, by managers, by agents, by promoters, by producers, by commissioners, by channels who thoroughly enjoyed his antics and were enjoying the revenue that he was creating with the advertising. They were talking about some of the advertising. And it was in the millions when he was hosting some of the TV shows. It was in the millions when he was hosting these things. And it seems to be as long as it's making money, people are happy. And... I've seen a few comments where people were talking about, oh, I'm really sad that the female producers didn't stand up and say anything. A few points on that. As a female producer in this game, as a female in, in this game, it can be hard to say anything because you have to protect your own because you're already vulnerable in this industry. We're already vulnerable. We're open to susceptible to so many things. I find it exhausting to be a comedian in the United Kingdom. It makes it very, there is a clear glass ceiling. They make it very difficult. If you're not part of the club, you cannot break through. It is much easier for men. It is much, much easier for men. And even as I say that, people will be just like, oh, well, you can't be that good then. I am excellent at my job. I am excellent at what I do. I have five-star reviews from my shows. I continue to bring out smash hit one-woman shows. And yet I am somebody that cannot get representation in this country. I can't get it. I can't get representation in this country. And some of the things that I've heard about, I heard in Edinburgh this year, uh, a friend suggested, they spoke to an agent on my behalf, and the agent said, oh, we love Louise, she's very talented, but she's difficult, isn't she? She's difficult. And that's the difference between a woman's reputation and a man's reputation, because a woman can be difficult and you won't work with her, where a man can rape people and you will still provide him with a public platform and he'll get paid. And this this speaks to just us as a society this is not just comedy and comedy inherently is a man's game and has been for a long time and there's always you see it all the time as a comic when you go on stage and for many many years you, you'd be in a you'd be in a dressing room with loads of men male comics and it was very much a man's game and audiences would have this expectation of women that they wouldn't like women they wouldn't find women funny and it's such i think it's just deep-rooted misogyny because actually what it speaks to is humor allows people to be open to be vulnerable and to feel safe you feel very safe when you're laughing and so I have had many friends throughout my life that have all been women that be hilarious so I found it so 
I found it so bizarre when I started working in comedy, hearing the stereotype of women aren't funny. I was like, what are you talking about? Women are fucking hilarious. What are you chatting about? Like, you're ridiculous. Like, your mum's probably funnier than you. Like, there's so many people that are so funny. I do better jokes than your mum jokes, just so you know, but that's another side point. And then, um, now I'm looking at it. Now I'm older, I'm kind of looking back on it and recognising that actually what you never liked or what's a threat to patriarchy is women having a voice and women having autonomy. And if women are able to hold a conversation and make a group of people laugh and make a community laugh, there's a lot of power in that. A woman has a lot of power and authority in that because a lot of truth can be spoken there. You can talk about anything and everything if you use humour. So actually, a really good way to diminish women and, and, and to be entrenched in the sexism that women face on the daily is to perpetuate that say that, that women aren't funny. Because what that's saying is women are not allowed to entertain a group of people. Women aren't allowed to speak to a crowd. Women aren't allowed to have a voice. Women should not have a voice. And don't even try to be funny. Don't even try to, to pipe your voice up. So there's that inherent misogyny there that's going on. Which is one thing. But secondly, as a female comic, I would see girls come up to male comedians all the time after shows. All the time. And they'd come up to male comics and they'd be like, let me suck your dick, let me suck your dick, right? And I'd be out the off th- on stage afterwards being like, oh, I can't wait to see this because suck my willy. And men wouldn't come up to me. They'd just comment on my jokes and tell me how I could change them. I, I, had, a very different, I had a very different offers after shows. And so it was very easy, it is very easy for male comedians to get late, to have sex, to go home with people. There's nothing wrong with that. Consensual sex, going, you know, fucking a celebrity. If you're into that, good for you. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. But this, what we're talking about that, is is not that. It's that to, this is abuse. It's rape, it's sexual assault, it's abuse. And it has been enabled for a very, very, very long time. And some of the things that I find... uh, frustrating by that documentary is that actually they didn't mention anybody else they didn't mention any of the mainstream stars that there will be household names that we'll all know that you'll be devastated to hear about and the show was initially it was set up and it was it was announced as if it was going to be mentioning several names it was going to out several names and there were several names trending on on twitter or whatever it's called now of male household names of people that they were going to expose. And then the show, in the day, very quickly changed to being just about Russell Brand. And the criticism I have of that is Russell Brand came out early, which I thought was an interesting PR move to come out early ahead of this show and release a video and say, there have been some uh, abhorrent things, these are not true, these are absolutely inaccurate, and they're coming after me because I'm not part of the mainstream media. That was his video. So if you watch his video, it seems very sincere, it seems uh, it seemed very genuine. Like I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting that's an interesting um, defense to come out early and say this is not me to come out and do that." And the opinion I've always had of Russell Brand is this harmless kind of Lothario <laughs> figure, right? Like, yeah, he's had loads of sex, but it was you know always harmless. And then you watch that show, and it's devastating. It's devastating to read to hear about some of the things were just horrible, horrible, like violent acts that were horrific to listen to. And yet they only came after Russell. And by them in the TV show not referencing or going after any other household names, 
I believe, in a way, it plays to his defense where he's saying they're only coming after me because I'm not part of the mainstream media anymore. And that's exactly what they've done. They've not gone after anybody else in the mainstream media. I've got a feeling there were lots of calls to lawyers and everything happening in the days, you know, like people sweating, (laughs) calling lawyers, being like, make sure this doesn't get out, make sure this doesn't get out. And you can tell it was edited probably to the day um, because they had the video of Russell Brand's, you know, defense in the show i think it's very sad um i think this is i think sadly this is the tip of the iceberg and what i don't want is our industry to congratulate themselves and to pat themselves on the back and be like oh we've exposed this now we've done that that's our part done because it does nothing to go to the inherent um abuse of power that consistently happens in this country with entertainment Now, as a woman working in this industry, I find it exhausting that I have to deal with things where you'll see male comics who are mediocre, who do a lot less, get a lot fucking more all the time. And I'm sure you see it in every fucking industry. And I talked about this in a stand-up show this year that I called Bitter. And it's a stand-up show that I did in Edinburgh this year. And The Telegraph listed it as a, as a really important show and it was one of the best ones to see. Or a really funny show to see at the Fringe. I don't really like this idea of the best of because so many great shows. But it's a really brilliant one to, to see. And it's a show that I'd like to develop and that I'd like to share with you. And what was interesting about doing a show called Bitter is bitter is a word that's rooted, again, in misogyny because it's associated with women. So if women are bitter, it's really unattractive. Like, you cannot be bitter as a woman. Don't be bitter, don't be, just be better. Don't be bitter, just be better. It's very unattractive as a woman. It's an ugly quality to have. It's not something that you want to be associated with, right? Whereas when men are bitter, when men are bitter, they're normally jealous. When they're jealous, they can be violent, right? So if I'm bitter, I'm ugly. Whereas if a man's bitter, he normally murders his ex-wife. It's very different, and I know which one I'd rather be. And bitter is a very, very natural emotion, a very, very natural feeling. And actually, all bitter is, is it's telling you that you're not growing and you're being in a place where you cannot grow. And what we have allowed to grow and to fester in the UK is people being absolutely, um, what's the word? Just having a field day with no accountability. And I I can't help but wonder that one of the reasons Russell Brown was so celebrated is because he came across as this cheeky chap who's not quite sure what he's doing, Lothario, but he was very, very well-spoken. But also, he was kind of effeminate in his dress. So he doesn't look like a violent sexual predator. He's a guy with skinny jeans. You don't expect a man with skinny jeans to be a rapist. You kind of feel like, oh, he's kind of quite effeminate. He's He played into this kind of gay best friend kind of persona where he's just your mate. He's friendly. He's lovely. He's a little bit cheeky. Like he'll chat you up and flirt with you, but he's absolutely harmless. He's never going to touch you. And I think, again, that that enabled him and that helped him to, be, to do what he did. And it stopped him from being prevented. And I read some comments about people saying that they were devastated that producers uh, and and other women didn't do anything. There's so many women in my industry that are also that have been at fault here, that have been women in every industry who have their own inherent misogyny, and because they're playing by patriarchal rules and they're succeeding and thriving because by they're playing by patriarchal rules, they throw other other women under the bus all day long. And they will continue to do it because they've had to do it in order for them to have a s- chance of success playing by those rules. So there was a, a commentary of they were saying there was a female, somebody who was saying, oh, boys will be boys <laughs> and did nothing to change it or to or to support it. 
So I feel incredibly sad for those victims that have come forward and for many of these victims of these things. But equally, I'm also waiting to hear more and waiting to see what else comes out and who else comes forward. And I hope that more of them get held accountable because it's gross and it's bullshit. And as a female comic in this game, I'm tired of the tropes and the bullshit against women all the time. Like, oh, women aren't funny. Women won't do well on TV shows. You can't put a woman she hasn't got a profile. They do nothing to support women in comedy in the UK. You've got to tick a fucking box. The fact that Catherine Ryan has had to step down from panel shows in order to force them to book other women <laughs> tells you everything about this game. It's so sad because there's so many brilliant, brilliant, brilliant women. But female comedians get seen as difficult. And I know I'd rather be difficult than a rapist. So I hope this starts to shift things. I hope this starts to change things. But socially, I think things need to change. Socially, things need to uh, move forward. And, and women need to be included in this conversation at the, and at the heart of it. And there needs to be a lot more accountability and self-reflection. Because the irony in Channel 4 doing a TV show calling out a guy that was the face of Channel 4 but doing it years later when he's no longer in the mainstream and there's a safety to that and I know a lot of research would have gone into that and a lot of research and support and everything to make sure that legally everything was covered but by not including other mainstream names you have kind of made his point for him that we're only going after or they're only going after him because he was in because he's no longer part of the mainstream and that will appeal to lots of people that are outsiders. So if you look at the idea of being an outsider, isn't that isn't that the same playbook that what's his name? What's that guy? Nigel Farage did. Wasn't he the same? Like, oh, they're different. Look, we're on the outsiders with the with a little guy, with the underdog. Look at us being the underdog. With your million pound houses. <laughs> the underdog. It's exhausting. I am exhausted by constantly having to second guess how I behave, how I look, what I look like, what I say, what I talk like, how I how I come across. Are my jokes good enough? Is my work good enough? My work has to be better. I don't care if it's good. It has to be better. Be polite. Be grateful. Be thank you. Say thank you. Say thank you. Be polite. Be grateful. Be humble. Be all of these things. Make sure that you behave. Don't be a dickhead. Don't get drunk in front of people. Don't go to a, an industry event and get drunk. Don't flirt with somebody. Don't fuck the wrong person because then you'll get a, a name for yourself like that don't fuck the wrong person don't sleep with the wrong person don't drink too much make sure that you look young and pretty but not too young and pretty don't be too um sexual with your appearances men don't like you if you're on stage if you're wearing earrings and makeup because they'll get distracted i didn't realize i was paying to a bunch of magpies yeah these these men can just behave like little narcissists and run around and cause such destruction. And we see it. We've seen it. It's almost like it's, it's very reminds me of Boris Johnson in power. Just a, a giant toddler running riot and getting away with it. And actually leaving complete chaos and destruction in his wake. And people are like, oh, don't worry, he's harmless, he's all right. It's only Boris. Women are held to such higher accountability and standard. Why are you not putting us at the forefront? Why are we not in charge? Because this is bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. And the people coming out in droves to protect or defend, I think we need to look at society as a whole. I think we need to look at how our systems are working. I think we need to look at what we've enabled and the kind of society that we want to be. For me, it's not this one. It's not this one.
So my thoughts are with the victims and with the people. And I, I know it would have been really triggering to watch that show. And that idea of being 16, you're so young and vulnerable at 16, but 17, 18, 19, 20, you're still so young and vulnerable. I remember when I was younger, uh, about 11 or 12 years old, wearing a school uniform at the bus stop, and guys would whistle at me, or men would beep their van. And I liked it. I liked the attention. I loved it. I'd get really, I was like, oh, I must look nice today. That's nice. And I liked it. It was very innocent. It was very, very innocent. Very natural, very normal for people to like attention, for, for girls to like attention, positive attention. And so to be 16 and to be getting positive attention from somebody that's older, you can see, you can totally see why somebody would be enamored by that. Absolutely. The accountability is held with a fully grown adult male who is in his 30s who is going after a 19-year-old. I don't care what you say about age difference. That abuse of power was disgusting. That was all about an abuse of power. That was not two people that fell in love that just had a big age gap. That was a complete abuse of power. You knew exactly what you were doing and you got off on the fact that she was a virgin which meant she was untouched by anybody else and so you could own her. That idea of ownership, of owning a female body of being the first to penetrate her. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It makes me feel sick just saying it out loud. And this was a comedian that was celebrated and rewarded. And it doesn't look like it's going to really affect their earning power because, you know, he's still selling out shows. And how many others are there out there? And how many other in every industry? And how many women are pushed to the sides that are ignored, that are invalidated, that are put down, that are constantly having to battle just to, just to be able to do the work? I think it's about clearing out the shit and letting the good, letting the good do the work. That's what it's about. I love that Daniel Sloss came out and spoke about it. I love Daniel Sloss. Oh, I love Daniel Sloss so much. I love that he came out and, and <sighs> put his head above the parapet and spoke. So there are my thoughts. Um, let's carry on the conversation. C come and talk to me. Let me know what you think. What are your thoughts? How are you feeling? I just thought it might be good to give some insight as a female comic what it's like in this game and just so often seeing men just cel celebrated and supported and high-fiving each other and often getting that. And for women, it's very, very, very different. And as a female comic, I find it exhausting and I'm bored of it. And it's bullshit. It's bullshit. What's that, what's that expression that they always say? That like you see, you'll see one woman that's not funny, right? And you'll decide all women aren't funny. Right? I get that all the time. Oh, I don't really like female comedians, but I like you. And I, I'm here to say you'll see one woman that you don't find funny because they only let one out at a time. Like it's very dangerous. We're like werewolves. You only let one at a time. They don't let more than that out. And they'll put them in a format that is very much uh, was created by men for men in that playing field. And you won't find that woman funny. And suddenly all women aren't funny. But one man rapes a woman. And hashtag not all men. Which rule book are we playing by here? I'm Louise Romanian. Thank you for watching. Uh, if you'd like to see some of my shows, what I do, I've got a show called God is a Woman, which you can rent and download right now on my website, louiseromanian.com. God is a woman. Forward slash God is a woman. Do you know what I'm going to do as well? I'm going to um, do a shout out just in case. I keep doing more of these podcasts. I probably won't. But if I do, here's my advert. My advert, listen, if you want a nice under pink eye like this, do get this shit, mate. I'm a sucker for TikTok makeup. This is pink honey with Cariad. I don't like anything else in the palette, but I do like this pink under eye. Okay? I feel like that's cheeky to say pink under eye, but it's not as pink eyes, and it? it's very different. Get yourself some of that, mate. It's actually all right. Sorry, I've just had some spaghetti carbonara, and I've just had an afterthought. 
this idea of women being difficult and what would you rather if women aren't difficult then they're easy but you also use that against us in slut shaming if women are seen as too promiscuous or too easy you want a woman that plays hard to get even the idea of playing hard to get you want her to tantalize you to make you work for it to excite you a little bit so that it's some kind of some kind of wakes up your weird old um predatory drive predatory hunter gatherer drive that is no longer necessary or needed because you get all your food from Aldi. So I don't know why we're playing. And actually, in my experience, difficult women are just women that know how to use the word no. It's women who say no. It's women who hold their authenticity and their voice over selling out. It's women who pride themselves. It's women who who say, actually, that's going to jeopardize me for me to say yes to that that's going to devalue me to say yes to that I know what I'm worth I don't want to say yes to a job where I know I'm not getting paid what I'm worth I don't want to be part of a tv show where I'm the butt of the joke I don't want to participate in that game in your game so I will say no to that because I know my value I know myself I know my worth But by me not playing your game and dancing to your tune, that means you can't control me. And if you can't control me, then I'm difficult. And rape is all about power and control and seldom about sex. And so what we need is more difficult women. What we need is more women saying no. And as I've got older, as a little tip for you, something that I find really works, because when I was younger, I didn't know how to say no. i just go, no, ah, and then you get called loads of names or whatever. Whereas now, as I've got older, I've learned a little line that I'd like to share with you. And that line is very simple, and you can use it in so many scenarios. And all you have to say is this. Oh, no, thank you. That doesn't work for me. And you don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to say any more than that. You just say, no, thank you. That doesn't work for me. And what you'll find is that people normally accommodate. So keep being a difficult woman. Because I think that's the problem with this industry and many industries. They think it's the women saying no that are the problem. Thank you for listening. You're not having any of this. I did make carbonara. I really nailed it, guys. Like Normally I cook the eggs so it's scrambled, but I've somehow nailed it. I will make such a good um, taster for a husband that wants to cook for me. Do you want this? There you go, Bernie. There you go. See, even Bernie likes it. Thank you for listening. Um, I look forward to hearing your thoughts. And we'll see if we do another episode or have another chat soon. I look forward to it. Take care. Big love.